If you don't mind a tingling spine or a lump in your throat, if you kind of get a thrill feeling the hair stand up on the back of your neck, or you just can't get enough of the eerie, turn down the lights, snuggle up with a blanket, and keep your feet tucked up safe because we've got a story for you. It happened to a friend of a friend. Okay, one, two, three. Just for habit. We didn't have to do that because we're using one mic today. Yeah, so uh, hopefully this sounds good. I don't know. Just make sure you talk directly into it. Okay. Do you want to move your chair over a little bit? No. We can get nice and intimate. I like this back and forth. <laughs> I know. Isn't it fun? Yeah. I just figure, why bother with my computer? Let's just do my mom's beast of a computer. Okay. That's fine. Like, this laptop is so old, but it works. So intimate right now. <laughs> I know. It's almost like we're making it, but we're not really. That's okay. We can do that later. So how was your week? Um, good. I'm productive. Back to my regular job next week. Ooh, are you excited to go back? No. No? Why not? Like, partially, yeah, but I think there's already a little drama there, maybe. I don't know. Why? Like, with who? Like, with your coworkers? Yeah, I don't know. I don't... Maybe... I don't know. I'll, I'll, we'll reassess another time. <laughs> okay, yeah, we won't get into it because they might listen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, who knows? Someday Sounds they good. might, yeah. Yeah, and, like, school and everything is still going good? Yeah, everything's good. We, Harrison, tried Taekwondo tonight. Ooh, how'd that go? Um, good. Yeah, we were gonna try it ourselves, and but it's quite pricey, and it's kind of scary looking. Is it working? It is. It's just it's freezing like a little bit now and then, but not not that bad. I'm sure it's fine. It probably does it all the time when you're on it. Maybe you just don't notice. Um, no, it's usually I, no, not like that. Okay, well let's just carry. Do on. it. Let's do it. We're just gonna have to go with it because this is the only option that we have right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, he loved taekwondo. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's only been one class. we got to do a trial, so we'll see. Yeah. Nick starts hockey the weekend after Thanksgiving. It's exciting. I know. He's excited to get back, and we're excited for him to get back into it. Uh-oh. <laughs> I doesn't do this, I promise. No? It didn't do this the last time you recorded with me, the last two times. It didn't, no. Maybe because I gave it too much credit. Maybe it's haunted. <gasps> oh, Mike is so pissed off at you. Why? He said, tell Sarah she needs to immediately change the order of the pictures on our Instagram post because you can see Peggy the doll right away. Oh, okay. I'll change it. He's like, I don't want people to be randomly haunted. He wasn't feeling well either, and I kept t- telling him it's because he looked at Peggy, and he's like, no, it's not. And then today, he came out with that, and I was like, he was fucking haunted. <laughs> I do like that he's... Why doesn't he like the post then if he's looking at the Instagram? Because he's like that. I'm, I'm like that too. I'm really terrible. <laughs> I also said, why don't you... You say you're so irritated when you're like out and about with like other people's noises. Why don't you just listen to my beautiful voice? And my and amazing Sarah's. voice. Yeah. yeah. I discovered today that I can stream Garth Brooks music. You don't remember when we first met how we used to always karaoke at London Arms. No, I remember that we karaoke I just don't remember karaokeing to friends in low places. But it makes sense. It's a very karaoke kind of song. We did it like every weekend and we repeatedly did Friends in Low Places, Sweet Home Alabama, and Big Butts by Service a lot. I don't remember those. I <laughs> well, remember, you were I probably remember, drunk. <laughs> probably. I remember karaoke, but yeah. I don't remember what we used to sing. Yeah, but... we definitely sang those songs all the time. 
Well, anyway, moral of the story is I can stream Garth Brooks stuff on Amazon Music because he's like my guilty pleasure. No, not even guilty pleasure. I am proud to admit that Uh, I enjoy Garth Brooks music. Okay, cool. No judgment. I think you're judging me a little bit. I like all all different genres of music, and I I have dabbled in some country a little bit. And I don't think Garth Brooks is that country country. Is he? He's pretty country, but it's like, it's fun. Yeah. I enjoy it. I was singing along. He's approachable country. Like Taylor Swift. He has like a lot of, he's got like something for everybody. Yeah. I think anybody who hears friends in low places at a wedding is up on the yeah. dance floor. Yeah, yeah. Drink in hand, singing along. Yeah, yeah. It's true. True yes. story. True story. So do you want to get into our episode? Sure. Okay. I'm Sarah. I'm Megan. And this is? It happened to a friend of a friend. Yay. Okay. So I, I'm think, I think I'm going first, right? Yeah. Okay. I actually don't know who went first last time. I think you did. Okay, do it. then I had to come over to your mic to read my D.B. Cooper stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. go. Okay. Go for it. Let me just get my note, my handy-dandy do- notebook here. Okay, my sources for this episode were smithsonianmag.com, businessinsider.com, history.com, time.com, investigationdiscovery.com, and ottawarewind.com. Ottawa Rewind. My, my wheels start turning when you say your sources. Because you're trying to think of what I'm doing? Yeah. Okay. Remember, if you want to talk, you have to take the mic. Yeah, I know. Or I'm just going to lean in really close on your space. You can do that too, but I got to like read this. So if you need to say something, just take the mic. Okay. Okay. And watch the thing. Because if it freezes, we have to like stop okay. and start again. Okay. Yeah. All right. What would you say is your most memorable Halloween? Like how old were you when you like were really into Halloween maybe? Let's go that route. I don't remember per se, but I know probably around like eight, seven, eight, nine were probably my most memorable years. Did you ever carry around the UNICEF boxes and collect change? No, never. I did it one year because I thought it was really fun and cool. And then after that, I realized it was not so fun because then you had to carry around a box of change. I like just made the weirdest face at Sarah. <laughs> just so everybody knows. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but good for you for having a good soul. Well, it wasn't a good soul. I just thought the people who got the boxes were fun. I think in I think part of me in grade because it was grade two. I think I did it. I think part of me thought you got to keep the money, but you didn't. Okay. It was for charity. <laughs> no. Um. Apparently, in Canada, I don't know about the U.S., the UNICEF boxes are no longer a thing because I guess teachers complained that they had to roll too many pennies. Well, there are no pennies in Canada anymore, so they should revive it. I understand that, but they still would have to roll other coins, yeah. like quarters and dimes and nickels. <laughs> but when penny, but when pennies were a thing. I don't, like, do they even have to roll it anymore? Can't they just go put it in one of those machines at the bank? Um, I don't think banks have the machines. I think, like, grocery stores do, and I think the grocery stores take, like, a percentage. Well, that's bullshit. All right, well, buy UNICEF boxes. Okay, <laughs> at least in Canada. You can still do, like, fundraising things. All like on UNICEF, but like you can sign up and like do fundraising things and get money that way, but not boxes. Okay, cool. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I wasn't interested then. I'm not interested now. <laughs> I mean, go charity and all that. Yeah, go charity. Okay. Well, as you know, we are now into spooky season, aka October. So of course, we are going to talk all things Halloween and creepy. As per usual, I am going the more backstory route of Halloween activities rather than scary and murdery, except I changed this after I wrote this and there is a bit of murderiness now. So I correct myself. Okay, cool. That's fine. <laughs> You're doing a lot of backstory too. So I'm doing backstory and murdery. Okay, so we're, we're both. And I have Same some page. fun facts later. Yay. Because 
fun facts are fun bing it's fun when we're on the same mic because it is, yeah. we can be at the same time um okay so what can i say i like a good history lesson i'm a nerd so to begin i am going to go into the history of trick-or-treating because that's why we're here for the costumes and the candy but we'll get into the candy a bit later so chillax a little bit um i'm just kind of a little bummed because I know you and I know how you feel about candy and snacks. And I feel like if you were going to do an episode about candy and snacks, you should have had them available for me while you were telling it. No, I don't agree with that (laughs) statement at all. Anyway, (laughs) as with many traditions, it's believed that the act of trick-or-treating and going door to door started from a Celtic tradition about 2000 years ago during the holiday of Samhain, which, okay, can we just pause for the moment and discuss the pronunciation of this word? It's insane. It's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, and therefore I say it in my head as Samhain, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's not right. It's Sawin. Yeah, I used it in the beginning of our last episode, so I'm really glad that you went the geek route and had to do the whole pronunciation. (laughs) I know. I even did the Google thing where it has, where you can listen to the word. Yeah. So I did, I did that as well. Sawin. People in my office probably thought I was weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> more. If, they're, if they're just catching on, <laughs> then they're slow. I was just going to say more than yeah. usual. <laughs> so yeah, so I say it's Samhain in my head, but that's not right. I just don't get it, and I can't, can't even with this word, so we're going to move on. Okay. Basically, this festival was the start of Halloween as it occurred on October 31st and November 1st. It helped to usher in the harvest and welcome the dark half of the year because obviously days were shorter. This was also believed to be the time where the worlds of the living and the dead were no longer separated and ghosts and spirits could cross over. Um, I'm going to stop here though, because otherwise I'll be getting too much into the history of Halloween and who knows, maybe we'll do that next time. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So I'm just sticking with trick or treating, okay? not Halloween, which I guess in theory, it's kind of all the same, but there was, there was other stuff about Halloween itself. So yeah. So anyway, back to trick or treating. During Samhain, adults and children would go to the houses of the other villagers asking for food in exchange for whatever, for whatever they could be given. Um, Often they were given cakes called soul cakes. These visits would, these visitors would promise to pay for the souls of the homeowners Sorry, pray, not pay. pay. Yeah. They're not going to pay. Buy souls like they're, that? they're not going to buy souls. They're okay. praying for them. Okay. Pray for the souls of the homeowner's deceased loved ones. Since this took place during the time of year where souls were said to roam the earth free we, freely, free we, <laughs> I can't speak tonight. No. Many believed this community type prayer was the only way to save the souls. This practice became known as souling and later became something children did rather than like adults and children or whatever. In 19th century Scotland and Ireland, there was a similar tradition called guising, where young people would dress up and instead of offering prayers, they would sing a song or recite a poem in exchange for fruit or nuts. Like a trick. Yes, like a trick, and then they would get a treat. And Irish, as Irish and Scottish communities settled in the United States in the early 20th century, they brought with them the old traditions. The innocent fun soon turned more sinister as young people in the early 1900s began committing acts of vandalism, violence, and even physical assaults. What? Yes. It's said that around 1930, organized community groups attempted to stop these acts with the trick-or-treating tradition we now are familiar with. So they just try to make it more family-friendly rather than just random hooligans 
going okay. around. They try to sort of organize community stuff. I guess like the shenanigans from like All Hallows Eve then kind of, you know, what's it called? Devil's Night? Devil's Night. Like the egging and the TP. That's probably where it comes from then. Yes. Like a really old tradition mm-hmm. of people being assholes. That's true. Halloween is the season for assholes. And it's not really, but really. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay, where am I? Trick or treat tradition we are familiar with. However, there was a halt on this during World War II when sugar was rationed and people were not able to hand out candy. After the war, trick or treating geared right back up and quickly became the October holiday of choice. So that is trick or treating. Now we'll go into Halloween candy because who doesn't love candy? Do you like the candy corn? I hate candy corn. Do you like uh, that weird toffee that's in the Halloween-y wrapper thing? I do, and it always gets stuck in my teeth, but I can't help it. I like it. I also I also hate Rockets, which in America, they're called Smarties. But our what? Act- yeah, you didn't know that? No, it's stupid. Yeah, so we have like legit chocolate Smarties, mm-hmm. but in the Americas, they have candy ones. So what we call Rockets, yeah. they call them Smarties. Oh. I know. It's silly, and they taste like chalk, and they're gross, and I hate them. I'm like, I'm not a candy person, so, like, they're okay, but you know what I hate? When they have, like, they have, like, sweet tarts in those little wrappers, and, like, there's so many times I've, like, overlooked them because, and then found out they were sweet tarts later, and I'm like, damn it, I should have stole those candies for sure from the kids. I know sweet tarts are good. I like yeah. sweet tarts. Yeah. I will eat those all the time. I have the diabetes, but I don't care. I still eat the I candy. Know. I like it. I'm aware. Everybody's aware. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hide the diabetes. No. I meant the candy love, but yeah, that either. Um, You would think candy and Halloween just always went together, like pancakes and syrup, PB&J, or salt and pepper. Not salt and pepper, salt and pepper. The the girl group. Yep, yeah, I got it. You really had to push that one, huh? Listen, let's talk about sex, baby. No, let's uh, stick to the topic. (laughs) You're supposed to say peanut butter and ladies. Peanut butter and ladies. Yeah, have Why? you ever seen Talladega Nights? Yeah, but I don't. I don't remember that. Oh, because like he's like they that they go together like peanut butter, and the other guy's like and ladies. <laughs> I just like in that movie where they where they're sitting around, they're like, "What what Jesus is your favorite Jesus?" Oh, I love every part of that movie. <laughs> I love every part of that movie. I like little baby Jesus in a manger. Uh, I like uh, my Jesus would do a, a interpretation of your life's journey. <laughs> Anyways, anyways, topic. We get off topic a lot, so I'm gonna be little baby Jesus for Halloween this year (gasps) in a manger. Ah, you should be. So yeah, so it's a tale as old as time, really. But that's also Beauty and the Beast. However, up until (laughs) the 1970s, most children were handed cookies, fruits, nuts, and cakes. Yes, that's right. The 1970s was when candy finally was the treat of choice. You may have been able to find some sweet treats in your trick-or-treat bag during the 50s and 60s, but it wasn't as common. Mm. Yes. Um, Although there are always stories about tainted candy, there has never been a true proven case of it. However, in 1974, a boy named Timothy O'Brien died after consuming a pixie stick that was found to contain cyanide. Mm. And this is where we're going to get murdery. Um, I do love pixie sticks. You do like you just like sticks of sugar. Yeah, I definitely do not want to consume a stick of sugar. Really? Well, you'd probably go into a coma. I probably would just die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll just have like a few Sour Patch Kids. Okay, 
moderation. Moderation. <laughs> I'll just I don't like candy or sugar, but I'll just down it in pure form. <laughs> After, okay, so we're going to go into the story now. Okay. After dinner on Halloween 1974, Timothy, his sister Elizabeth, their father Ronald, and a neighbor, along with the neighbor's son, headed out to collect their loot. When they got home, Ronald told his kids they could each have a candy and then it was time for bed. Timothy eyed a big pixie stick and decided that this was going to be his treat of choice. He poured the sugar in his mouth and complained about a bitter taste. Raymond told him to have a cup of Kool-Aid to wash it down. I like that you're washing down a pixie stick (laughs) with (laughs) Kool-Aid. Have some sugar with your sugar. The good old days. I know. Timothy finished his treat and headed to bed. Soon after, the boy complained about an upset stomach and began vomiting. He eventually went limp. His father called for an ambulance, but Timothy was pronounced dead before he arrived at the hospital. Naturally, an investigation was conducted and the pixie stick was found to contain the deadly poison cyanide. It was also suspicious that the package was sealed with a staple. Um, And this is the thing that actually prevented the other friend from suffering the same fate because I guess he was found like he was holding it while he was in bed or he couldn't get the staple out. Oh. So if he had gotten the staple out, he would have also eaten. <gasps> it was the friend that they had gone trick-or-treating with. All the children had a pixie stick in their bags, but like I said, the friend was not able to remove the staple. Timothy's dad was not very helpful. Um, maybe he was upset over the loss of his child, but investigators felt his behavior was a little odd. And he was saying like, oh, I can't remember who gave them this candy. Oh, I think it was this one neighbor, but the neighbor that he said had like an airtight alibi. I guess he was a pilot or something and he was like flying yeah. that night. So there was nobody home at the house. Um, they looked into Raymond a little further and discovered that the he was an optician. He was fired from 21 jobs over the last 10 years and was $100,000 in debt. And what do you do when you're having money troubles? Obviously you take out life insurance plans on your loved ones and you plot their demise. <laughs> Because that's what he did. Eventually, Raymond was arrested, He ne- but he never confessed. His wife swore that she was not aware of her husband's plan, and she testified against him in court. He went to trial in May 1975, and on June 3rd, 1975, he was found guilty of one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder because, again, he had put pixie sticks in his daughter's bag and the friend's bags. What the fuck? I guess it only took the jury, like, 46 minutes to, like come to a decision like it didn't take very long yeah because it's fucking children and it wasn't even just his children he's like i'm gonna take down all these kids what an asshole yeah exactly um 10 years later raymond had his final meal and was executed on march 31st 1984 by lethal injection when he was pronounced dead the people that were gathered outside the jail yelled trick-or-treat like, they should have given him as his last meal just one fucking pixie stick with a staple in it and been like, <laughs> With cyanide in it. Yeah. Uh, meh, well, meh. Meh. So I also have some fun facts. Do you want me to do them now or do you want to do them after? No, do them now. Okay. I got to get my papers. Okay. Wait. What? Okay, go ahead. I'll stop you if you hit one of my things. Well, why? Do you have some of these things? No, I just, just go. Okay. It's the jack-o'-lantern thing. I'm not going to talk about jack-o'-lanterns. Okay. Because I knew that you said you might be doing that. Okay. So I didn't do any jack-o'-lantern okay, stuff. Cool. Okay. So first is just the 11 best can- Canadian treats you can't get in America. Oh, okay. And this is from Savier.com. Sav- it, it looks... Savier? I don't know. It's S-A- S-A-V-E-U-R. It looks French. Like Savier, but in French. Exactly. Yeah. 
I was trying to be fancy and say it, say it severe, severe, severe. <laughs> okay. We just, like, literally two minutes into this episode, we were like, you can't pronounce anything, and you can't even talk proper today. Just quit while you're ahead. <laughs> I we're, should. Yeah. Okay, so the first one is Maynard's Wine Gums. What? Yeah, I guess you can't get them in the States. Can you get them in Europe? Yes. Oh. Just like you can be whelmed in Europe. Okay. <laughs> you, have you never seen 10 Things I Hate About You? Yeah. So, you know, when what's her face, when the friends are talking, they're like, I know you can you be, be underwhelmed. I know you can, can be overwhelmed, but can you, you ever just, just be whelmed? whelmed? I think you can in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah. And we also both love Larissa Olenek. We already oh, my goodness. She's amazing. I like her. She's adorable. Yeah. So they were first made in the United Kingdom in 1909, um, and they are popular in many Commonwealth countries. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But not in the States. Then there's Maynard Swedish Berries. What? So you can get this is mind blowing. You can get Swedish fish in the Americas. Oh. You can't get Swedish fish here, except for in the packages. So you can get them in the Halloween packages. Sometimes you can get them in like this other small, but they're not the same. The American oh, okay. ones taste better. Okay. So yeah, you can get Swedish fish in the states. You can you cannot get Swedish berries there. Oh. You can get Swedish berries here. Cool. And I love Swedish berries. Lay's ketchup chips. I think kind of all ketchup chips. I think ketchup chips are a Canadian thing. Really? Yeah. I feel like I read that some states sometimes will have ketchup chips, but they're not very popular there like they are here. Okay. Weird. Yeah. Macintosh's toffee. Mm, So good. I like that. My mom loves that. I don't eat it. I know what it is. It's in like that red box. I wouldn't like buy one, but if one was in front of me, I would mow it down pretty good. Would you? I would not. I like it. And like we discussed earlier, Smarties. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the actual chocolate Smarties. Um, my co-host on the other podcast, Don't Make Me Use My Mom Voice, she's from Uganda. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about candy for whatever reason on one of the last episodes. And she was asking me, like, she was telling me about it. And she's like, oh, you know what Smarties are, right? Like, she's like the little chocolate candies. I'm like, like, you know what those are? Because she lives in the States now. Yeah. So I was telling her how, like, we have rockets and the states have Smarties, so it was just really fun. So I'm actually going to send her some Smarties. Oh, cool. Because they don't have They don't them. have, like, anything like Smarties with a different well, name? they have M&M's. Eh. They have, like, a billion kinds of M&M's, though, that we don't have. Yes, I know. Okay. I like coconut M&M's. Yeah, they're so good. I know. They're delicious. Okay, what else do I have? Mm. All-dressed ruffles. Mm, All-dressed are so good. I know. All the flavors in one. I know. Like my Dr. Pepper. There you go. All right. Coffee crisp. I don't like oh, coffee really? crisps. I think they're gross. I feel like you either love coffee crisp or you hate coffee crisp. I do not like coffee crisps. Yeah. No, I, I either don't. way. I, I'm actually I'll eat. I would eat it, but no, I'm not going to eat I them. Pick it up. Cadbury caramel bars. No way. You can't get those in the Americas. I guess you no can get. Way. I think you can get something called what did I read? It was like caramello or something. Oh. It's kind of similar, but not really. Oh, it's so good. I know, especially when you put them in the fridge and the car- the caramel gets like harder. a little harder. Yeah. yeah. Hawkins Cheesies. I don't even know what those are. You would know it if you saw the picture of it. Okay. Yeah, you would definitely recognize it. Cadbury Crispy Crunch. I love Crispy Crunch. I don't like Crispy Crunches. And Arrows. What? Yeah, apparently. Those are like my three favorite chocolate bars if I was going to choose one. I know. I like, I love Arrows. That's crazy shit. Okay, now I just have a few fun facts. Okay. Um, Halloween is the second highest grossing commercial holiday after Christmas. Yeah, that makes sense. The first known mention of trick-or-treating in print in North America occurred in 1927 in Blackie, Alberta, Canada. It was in, like, a newspaper article. Oh. Yeah. Harry Houdini, he died on Halloween. I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, though. Yeah. 
Scottish girls believed they could see images of their future husband if they hung wet sheets in front of the fire on Halloween. Other girls believed they would see their boys' faces if they looked into mirrors while walking downstairs at midnight on Halloween. Oh, there was like, that has to do, bobbing for apples was the same thing. It's like supposed to be predicting. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a lot of the stuff like in the early 1900s, a lot of the Halloween things when it came over to America, it had to do with like dating and finding a mate and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, according to tradition, if a person wears his or her clothes inside out and then walks backwards on Halloween, he or she will see a witch at midnight. Oh my God, I'm going to do it. I know, we got to do it. About half of children prefer to receive chocolate on Halloween. Fair. A child born on Halloween is said to have the ability to talk to spirits. I think my cousin's... Oh my God, she listens to this podcast. I can't say that out loud. My cousin's birthday is on Halloween. <laughs> Do I have to cut this out now? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know if it's on Halloween. She's like my best friend. I don't know if it's on Halloween or the day before. You need to talk closer into the mic. Yeah, I think my cousin was born on Halloween. Okay. In, <laughs> I'm just going to care. You can look, check it on Facebook. In many countries, such as France and Australia, Halloween is seen to be an unwanted and overly commercial American influence. Fair. Yes. Oh, no, it's the day before Halloween. Ah, there you go. See, I know I'm not, I knew I wasn't a shithead. <laughs> In Belleville, Miss, Missouri, it is illegal to ask for candy if you are over the age of 13. What? So those are the fun facts I have, because fun facts are fun. Bing! Bing! I'm kind of peeved. I feel like you should just, like, if a teenager is 14, 15, and, like, they still want to trick-or-treat rather than, like, do other shitty stuff, like, just give them the fucking candy. They have to be dressed up, though. I'm not giving them candy if they're not putting effort in. I used to sit on my, like, when I was, like, late high school, like, 16, 17, 18, I used to sit on my mom's patio while I was, like, waiting to go to bars and stuff, and my parents gave out pop, so they would always get repeaters, and they would come back, and I'd be like, well, I'll trade you. You give me a candy, and I'll give you a second pop, and I used to, like, end up with, like, a huge thing of candy for giving them repeaters. I don't care. (laughs) I have crappy candy this year for Halloween, so if you come to my house, it's crappy candy. Okay, I'm not coming here. But it's just so that I don't eat it beforehand, Mm. so I have to have crappy candy in the house that I don't eat it. Mm. We don't, we just, we put like a big thing outside, a big bowl and we're like, help yourselves. And like they, nobody ever takes too much. Like it's always half full when we get back. I usually stay home and drink wine and Kevin takes the boys out trick-or-treating. That's nice. I know. I usually drink wine while we take the kids out trick-or-treating. <laughs> okay. Your turn. Okay. Do you have a long one? No. Medium? So. Regular? I have like, I feel like we, this was like a clusterfuck episode because you had a bunch of shit and now I have a bunch of shit. So we're putting our shit together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is like when, you know, you ever like look at decorations and you're like, that's real for sure. Apparently, was it last year? Some guy, like the cops went to his house because they thought his decorations looked too real somewhere in the States because it was very bloody. I did not hear about that. Oh, it's crazy. Just they just it was like a crime scene, like a mock crime scene. And actually he did such a good job that like the police were called and they went and checked it out. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some suspicious Halloween decorations. So we're going to start off in Tennessee. It was March of 2019, so relatively not that long ago. And Alfonso Sexton noticed something sitting on his father's uh, fireplace mantle. His father, Brian Kennedy, said he had found it on the property sometime in the past year when his dog came upon it. He should have turned it into the police, but he kept it instead. His son, however, notified the authorities. Listen, all I have to say... (laughs) to Brian 
<laughs> is choices, okay? We all have them. Yeah. It was one thing to have a cool-looking skull on your mantle, but he had to have a cool-looking skull. Apparently, he put sunglasses on the skull. I like it. Who doesn't want a, a cool-looking skull? I I think it's cool if it's just a creepy skull, but like to add the sunglasses, I don't that's not even decorative. That's tacky. <laughs> It's like a weekend at Bernie's thing. It is like a weekend at Bernie's <laughs> thing. Anyways, Brian, you weirdo, you should have called the authorities. So now you may think, obviously, Brian did this, but it turns out that no, he did not. Um, Brian showed the police where he had found the skull, but they didn't find any other remains. DNA testing revealed that the remains were those of Junior Willie McCann, who had lived with his family at the house on the property several years before and had been missing since 2012, which was seven years earlier. Clarence, his brother, filed the report four days after he last saw him. He said it was normal for him to just, like, walk out of the house, like, just go walk away, and that they, they originally, he wasn't that worried about it. The cause of death um, is either unknown or unreleased. Did you write your notes in red because it's, like, blood, like, for Halloween, or do you normally write your notes in red? I've never noticed before. It's, like, 50-50. Okay, I thought maybe you were doing, like, spooky blood notes. No, I would use spooky blood if it was spooky blood notes. <laughs> I would like get one of those Harry Potter pens. It is believed, however, because of speculations and rumors that a now deceased family member committed the murder. Yeah. What did I write here? I asked Mike. Oh, I asked Mike how to end this story. And he said, love, Megan. <laughs> Mike is a genius. I don't know about that guy. It was really funny. So... This story, I don't know, was newspapers. I, I I never do my sources, but I did for the next one because the sources for my next one were actually like old-timey newspapers. And I read a bunch of old-timey newspapers, you know, that you get at the library, but you can actually do it like, online. Like, like on the microfiche? Yeah, but they've uploaded them online. So you have to like move it around and scroll. Um, anyways, I thought it was pretty cool. I used the Clay City Times in Kentucky and the Virginia Chronicles. <laughs> so yeah, so... It's just, where am I? I lost my spot completely. Okay, so uh, we live near wineries and grape growers and stuff. And do you... Go Niagara. Yeah, go Niagara. <laughs> to have, do you ever hear the bird bangers this time of year? Yeah, no? Um, Maybe. Describe me what it is and I'll tell you. It just sounds kind of like a bang, kind of like a firecracker or something. Like it's a, it's like a tube of gas that just, and there's like a little flick of... Um, I don't know how it goes off, but it's like a little spark and then it bangs. It makes a bang and scares the birds. Okay. Yeah. Um, I maybe do. I don't I don't know. It's become more popular with like ice wine because we have ice wine here and it's later in the season. So this time of year you hear a lot of bird bangers. Um, and then if they go into late harvests, like this year there was a lot, I think because the harvests held over. Anyways, so that's kind of what they used now. But in the 1900s, apparently scarecrows were the way to go. Who doesn't love a good scarecrow? Ew, no, I don't. I don't like a scarecrow. They're weird. No, they don't like No, them. they freak me out. And I will tell you why. In October 1909... <laughs> In a small town near Washington, Pennsylvania, a young woman and her friends uh, were walking to church when something caught her eye in her family's cornfield. Maud Hofnagel <laughs> broke from a group calling back, Look, somebody knocked over Papa Scarecrow. Wait till I go over and set it up. The friends then heard a scream and ran toward Maud. Maud had fainted next to the Scarecrow, which it turned out to actually be her Papa. Ooh. So Charles Hefnagel had left for a trip several days earlier. He was one of the wealthiest citizens in town and had on him lots of money, traveling paperwork, and luggage for his trip. He had been robbed, beaten, and the body had been described as hacked up and decomposing. 
Ew, that's gross and sad. Uh, yeah, poor Maud. So she had just seen like a pile of clothing and assumed it was their scarecrow. Turns out uh, it's very frequent that scarecrow tr- scarecrows turn out to be bodies. Ooh. So um, I, I, there's a lot of stories about this. Like it's really quite common. There's also a lot of people who like call the authorities or check up on things thinking there's been a body and it turns out to be a scarecrow. Like there's a story about a guy throwing a body in the lake. And it turned out to be an old scarecrow. It's like it's never a mannequin. Yeah. It's, uh-uh. all, <laughs> it's always it's never a mannequin. Yeah. So didn't we talk about that last episode too for some reason? I feel like Maybe. we did. Okay. There was one farmer who um, his like his neighbors kept going on about how great his scarecrow looked in a tree. And then upon closer inspection, one of his neighbors, because the his hat had been, that scarecrow's hat had been so far over his face, when one of the neighbors went to check on it, found out it was actually the farmer who had committed suicide. Ooh. Also, I just want to say when you... When you said on closer inspection, all I can think of is the Simpsons episode with the critic and what they're walking down the street and the guy's like, on closer inspection, these are loafers. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) And I'm wearing loafers today. I am in your house right now. (laughs) Even though in Canada, we don't wear shoes in the house. We don't. It's so weird that Americans do. I don't get it. I I don't think everybody does, but I think like it's kind of like state. I don't know. I've had these conversations with my American associates. And then in Amsterdam, there was once a farmer who, not wasting the opportunity, dressed his recently deceased, it's not funny, wife in a suit and hung her up to scare the birds. He buried her, though, when the neighbors complained to the local authorities. Oh, okay. Yeah, he just, um, you know, waste not, want not. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really great way of honoring your beloved. Or not. Mm-hmm. So... Another story about a decoration is the famous hand in the trunk. Have you ever seen, like around this time, sometimes you see the cars going around with a really cheesy looking arm hanging out. Have you ever seen that? Yes, and it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes wonder if it's the same dudes that like hang testicles off of the back of their trucks. I was going to say that, put the balls on the truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's like they just like swap out the balls for an arm and- <laughs> weirdos. Anyways, in May uh, 1979 in Birmingham, Alabama... Mark Wynn was an interim reporter at the Birmingham News. On the morning of the 5th, the newsroom scanner picked up some calls about a car driving around with a hand out of the trunk. Wynn and a colleague who's a photographer decided to follow up. They eventually found the vehicle heading down the interstate. It was an old beat-up Dodge with, yes, a hand sticking out. The car exited the interstate highway and realized it was being followed. It began trying to lose them, but they kept up and used the radio to keep police up to speed. <laughs> Glad I didn't have to say pen intended. <laughs> the occupants of the vehicle were as follows. The driver, Robin Green, a 24-year-old woman, Joseph Finley, 27, and Wilburn Fenley, not Finley, Fendley, 49, as well as trunk occupant Gary Collier. Gary met the others at a bar the night before. He was robbed, beaten, and stabbed with a screwdriver before being forced to the truck. Into the trunk. <laughs> you can't speak either tonight. I, no, I didn't write, write well. was the problem was well they were driving he managed to slip his hand through the gap in the trunk hoping to signal some help and he succeeded so he survived that's good yeah so that's uh kind of crazy and i don't know if like the decoration happened after the story i don't know but yeah bump 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 and then i have one final bonus i wanted to see how we were for time but our stories were apparently short so i'm gonna go for it go for it so the bonus is the legendary of the legend of the (gasps) jack-o'-lantern I know this story because I wrote it for an article for a thing for a newsletter at work. 
Now, did yours have an instance where he met the devil twice or once? Twice. Okay. So then I will tell the whole story because I've seen both both ways. So <laughs> let's see if I do it justice now because you've already done this. So Listen, I wrote it for like a newsletter that goes out to all of our community partners and <laughs> internally because I need to fill space. I know, but that was probably really digest. well done in your newsletter. Probably not, but I need to fill space because people don't like to send me articles. Okay. Well, this is, so it's, it comes from the Irish myth of Stingy Jack. Um, and I like, I have to roll my eyes because I come from like both Irish and Scottish heritage. And there's always the thing about drunks calling the devil or hanging out with the devil. I don't know what the fuck, but it's quite common. <laughs> So Jack invited the devil to drink with him so that Jack could convince the devil to turn himself into a coin so that they could buy their drinks all night. But when the devil did it, Jack put him next to a silver cross in his pocket, that way preventing the devil from turning back into his original form. I also find the devil is very dumb in this story. I, I know. Gullible. <laughs> maybe he knew what he was doing the whole time, though. This maybe. Is maybe. Or he's just dumb. Or don't call the devil dumb. He's going to totally get back at you. We yes. already have equipment issues. We do. <laughs> Stop cursing us more. <laughs> so Jack eventually freed the devil, but he made him promise he would not bother him for another year and that he could not claim his soul if Jack died. So a year later, um, the devil came back to pester Jack. Apparently, he just didn't have enough of being trapped. And Jack persuaded the devil to climb well, a tree. Because the year was up. Yeah. So he came back for his soul after the year. Yeah. The Jack persuaded the devil, who is not dumb, but had some sort of plan, I think. <laughs> he uh, was distracted. Yeah. There was a lot yeah, happening. Yeah, There's a lot happening that year. Um, he asked him to climb a tree, um, and then Jack put a carved a cross on the tree, thus trapping the devil again. I feel like there's that that's shame on you situation. Like that's where fool the phrase me, came from. Once, yeah. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame, shame on, on me. me. Yeah. I think Lucifer did it on purpose. Anyways. So Jack made him promise that he wouldn't be able to, he wouldn't uh, bother him for 10 more years and wouldn't claim his soul if he died during the time. But did you like that it was an apple that he had to get, like in the Garden of Eden? Yeah, I, yeah. I caught that did too. Did you catch that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just for our They listeners. don't actually reference an apple often into, into it. Oh, all the ones that I read when I was doing the article, it said apple. Only one of mine did. So I just oh, kind of okay. did it vaguely. Also, a lot of times they only tell the second part. Oh, see, all the stuff I read, it all it always had both parts, and it always said apple tree. Yeah, so the best sources that had the more comprehensive story was history.com yeah. and uh, National Geographic, I think. Yeah. Anyways, Jack died shortly after. Yes. Before the 10 years were up, Jack died. And God wouldn't allow such a trickster into heaven. And when um, he approached the devil, the devil turned him away. But he did send him off into the dark with a glowing piece of coal. Now, Jack, obviously, it's a hot piece of coal. What the fuck is he going to do with that? So he hollowed out a turnip and used the coal as a, and the turnip as a lantern. And he is forever roaming the earth and has been... been I'm like bastardizing the story. Um, <laughs> so he has been roaming the earth ever since, known as Jack of the Lantern. And then when the Irish came over to the Americas, they realized that pumpkins were better and more plentiful, so that's why it's now pumpkins. <laughs> um, and if you look up the turnip bow lanterns... Oh, I put it as a picture in my article. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. They're fucking They're scary. Creepy. They're so creepy. Yes. Yeah. They are creepy AF. I think I'm going to try to... That's uh, as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to try to do one this year. I'll uh, take a picture for the podcast. <laughs> oh, a lantern or a turnip? Yeah, I feel like that would take a really long time, and I'm going to do it. 
Do it. Do it. I think you should. I'll, I'm going to try. Are you Are you ready for our throwbacks? Yeah. Okay. Are you? Is it Halloween? Is yours Halloween themed? It's snack themed. Okay. Go. Go Do for it. Do you want me to go first? Okay. Yeah. Mine is Hostess Chips. Do you remember Hostess Chips with like the three characters, the munchies? No. You don't remember these chips? No. Oh my goodness. They were. What do you mean? What, like what kind of character? They were like, okay, look it up on your thing okay. while I read my little things. Okay. Okay. So usually I just do a quick little thing, but these chips were like legit some of my favorites growing I've never up. I've had one in my life. So I actually like did a little bit of stuff on them. So they were started by Edward Snyder in 1935. They became big in 1955, and Snyder sold the company to a man named E.W. Vanstone, who then sold it four years later to General Mills. They have a recognizable foil bag that were color-coded. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So See, now you know. Uh, the blue was plain, yellow was salt and vinegar, green, sour cream and onion, red, ketchup, and orange was barbecue. They had cartoon characters called, like I said, the munchies. Mm -hmm. They're super cute. You could usually find like stickers or giveaways in the bags. I remember always getting stickers in there or like little tattoos or something. Um, Hostess was eventually bought by Frito-Lay and Hostess chips became Lay's in the, in 19, in the 90s. Um, for a while, you could still get them at like Food Basics and stuff, but in name only. They were still made by Lay's. They weren't Hostess. Um, and the slogan was, when you've got the munchies, nothing else will do. And hickory sticks are the only product with the hostess name now. Oh, hickory sticks are good. They are good. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's my throwback. That's a good hostess throwback. Hostess chips. I loved those chips, and I totally have, like, major nostalgia for those bags. Really? I We we didn't snack a lot when we were kids. I'm like, Oh, we had lots of snacks always. But I do remember them because they're, they're, yeah, very striking. It's very obvious. Yeah. What's yours? Mine is so much more boring. What is it? Um, in honor of my doll episode last time, I chose Cabbage Patch Kids. <gasps> I still have my Cabbage Patch and the birth certificate that goes with her. Yeah, like that's, the, I don't know if they still, do they still have them? Well, I'm not going to allow dolls in my house. So. They still have Cabbage Patch dolls. Yeah, you can still I, get them. I remember when you could get like the one, the like the package and you don't know your baby yet and you could like almost birth your baby. <laughs> I don't remember what you do. You like put it in water and it. No, no, that wasn't a cabbage patch. That was like something else. Oh. You, you never put a cabbage patch in. It just came no, in a box. No, there was like something else you put in the water and it turns into, I don't know. No, that was a, I know what you're talking about. That's not a cabbage patch. Uh, okay. Yeah. You're throwing back something totally different. Okay. Now. Well, that other different thing also came with a birth certificate. <laughs> because my sister had that because there was like a little heart, I think, on the butt. And you rubbed it and it told, I think it like gave a name or it gave like, yeah. it was like blue or pink yeah. or something. Yeah. I can't believe I had dolls as a kid because they kind of freaked me out. But we definitely had lots of Cabbage Patch dolls in our house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They got so gross looking because they were, like, their bodies were They're like fabric. soft, fabric-y bodies. Yeah. They're, I have them, I have mine up on Lucas's shelf in his room. I still have the birth certificate. Oh, I'm going to go look afterwards. Yeah. I even just, have the original outfit. Just, like, Cabbage Patch dolls. I don't know if, like, they're even, they're probably not cool. You don't really, oh. I've never seen them at kids' houses. You can still get them at Toys R Us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't want one for my family. I'm going to buy you several dozen. <laughs> no way, man. I'll just donate them. <laughs> but yeah, that was my throwback. And then I was also thinking of doing Eminem because I was listening to Slim Shady. That's and, fun. Yeah. And like 8 but Mile, Eminem all of Oh, and I thought you meant like Eminem's because no. you were listening to Slim Shady. I was going to no. say, but Eminem's aren't really a throwback. Those are still a thing. I know. No, Eminem just like opened a restaurant too. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. 
but yeah Some spaghetti place or something yeah mom's spaghetti yeah it's like the that lyric but it's just funny because I don't even know I don't think I like loved Eminem back in the day but like it's one of those things like you like I kind of have that little pride of knowing the stupid all the words to every song you just do you just know I'm trying words. to look at that doll so talk about some shady I, I don't really have much else to say eight mile with um with our girl Brittany Murphy we have to do a Brittany Murphy episode too and I don't know dead air dead air dead air <laughs> what's it called I, I can't find it I, right. I, I don't have enough time to search for it right now I know I have to like I'll look it up and I'll put it on the next episode okay but you're definitely I definitely know what you're talking about it's not a cabbage patch but those were a thing because my sister had one okay yeah I think it's just because it had a birth certificate too yeah and my cabbage patch dolls had birth certificates okay well we're not superstitious but we're a little stitious bye bye oh I feel like I really- we have an update the doll is called magic nursery baby you would put a package in the water and it would reveal if it was a boy or a girl and it came with an outfit and you would take the hat off and it would have big long hair if it was a girl. Thank you. The end. I don't know what else to say. Love, Sarah. <laughs> Good ending.